Good luck with the most beautiful game. Do us proud. Red alert. They're off and running again. So smooth. So sweet. Splendid. Succinct. Just glorious execution. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort or 1,000% of the time. How sharp was that? Sharp of mind and body. And that's why you see those beautiful tears. Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet. Nobody picks him up. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Wonderful, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network, presented to you by our lovely sponsors, Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game, get 200 free. And we have a lot of games to discuss on this, our Champions League preview pod, but there's only one place to start. That is in Germany, where Bayern Munich are minus 134 favorites, hosting Barcelona plus 280. The draw here is plus 350. Of course, these odds brought to you by Bet365. A Barcelona, they are plus 199 expected goal differential per 90. So far this season, that's the second best in Europe's big five leagues, behind only PSG, who play in a much easier league. So uh, read into that as you will. Uh, Bayern's right with them, plus 1.79 expected goal differential per 90. Uh, the best in the Bundesliga, which is just completely overserved to start the season. Union Berlin in first, Freiburg in second, Bayern in third after three straight draws in domestic play. But their expected goal differential per 90 is the fourth best in Europe. Uh, these are two heavyweights. And the three of us, if you've been listening to this show, we tend to bet against Bayern Munich. And it's not because we think that this is a bad team. We just think that their price is, is often inflated. And... It looks like it is here. You're getting near three to one odds on Barcelona who are trending in the right direction and have been uh, ever since Ronald Koeman left. So I'm going to do something that we do often on the show. And then we often regret it very quickly on a Tuesday afternoon. And that's bet against Bayern Munich. I'll be on Barcelona on the money line here. BJ, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to be on Barcelona plus half a goal at plus 110. I mean, we all know the history between these two teams, right? The eight, the eight, two thrashing in the semis in 2020, Bayern destroyed them both meetings in the group stage last season. Only one of those Xavi was in charge and it was only like his sixth or seventh match actually in charge. So he didn't really have a system going the way that he wanted to and get off the ground running. Well, now since Xavi has taken over since November of 2021, Barcelona is about a plus 1.1 XG differential per 90 minutes. Bayern Munich over that same time frame is about plus 1.55. So essentially Bayern Munich has been about, Oh, you know, 0.45 or half a goal better than Barcelona. Well, then when you take into account UEFA coefficients, I have, I mean, like you already mentioned, like the Bundesliga has been way down and it's been trending down for the last few years. Basically, Bayern Munich's the only team that's holding it up in European competitions. I have Spain rated about 0.42 goals better than the Bundesliga. So that kind of makes up. So basically I have these two teams even, like dead even on a neutral field. So then you take into account that Bayern Munich's best striker, Robert Lewandowski, a 1.08 XG per 90 minute striker last season is now at Barcelona. That makes their attack much better. They added a ton of pieces in the offseason. They got Koundé, they got Andres Christensen, they got Kessie. 
They have Rafinha. Like this Barcelona team is much, much better than it was last season. And they didn't really lose anybody either. And now, you know, Bayern, listen, they're off and running. Their offense has looked good in the Bundesliga. I know they have three straight draws, but like you mentioned, the XG is still really, really good. They were good against Enter. They they probably deserved to win that match. Um, you know, they they kind of dominated the box score one to nothing. But for minus one thirty four at home, essentially with two teams that are even, you're you're getting value on Barcelona no matter what it is. And you know, what striker would you who knows Bayern Munich's defense better than Robert Lewandowski? I mean, Upamecano and Delict is kind of a vulnerable defense. It's not what you would consider elite among Europe's you know top five leagues. So. Um, I'm taking Barcelona. I have value on them. I'm probably going to regret it because Bayern Munich has thrashed them the last three meetings, but I have to do it. There's value on it. So I'm taking Barcelona plus half a goal plus 110. Lewandowski uh, plus 137. Anytime goal score five to one to be the first goal mm. scorer. If you're walking down narrative street in this one, uh, Anthony, you want to bet Barcelona, but you just can't get I'm, cl- I'm close, but I can't get there. And Bayern, you know, Barcelona plus a half plus a hundred, uh, is is out there, and I'm very close to that, but I'm not quite there in the number. You have to think about why I think Bayern has dominated this matchup, and the reason number one, just more athletic, better athleticism, better uh, work rates off the ball, just a generally younger group of core. Uh, now Barca has worked to change that, and they've gotten younger, they've gotten better. I'm not sure that they've improved that much out of possession. And that's the one thing that scares me about this matchup here because Xavi's system did get exposed in the second meeting too. And Barca was playing for their group lives. Bayern had nothing on the line in that match. And yet Bayern had no problem tearing them apart. Uh, Bayern is kind of built in a way with the transitions uh, being as lethal as they are that Barca's weaknesses kind of feed into what Bayern wants. And so I thought I was going to get a better number here. I thought the market would like Bayern more. The The market has loved Bayern in... Uh, you know, the first group match and, and even going into the Bundesliga, they've been a pretty overvalued in my numbers for a long time, but especially so in the last uh, two or three months, even going back to the end of last season where I thought they dropped off a little bit since in the second half. And so overall, Barca don't like the stylistic matchup and don't like the number quite enough to get there. Now, if we got to a three quarters or a one, Byron gets steamed up, you know, say 150, 160, then I will get involved on Barca. But as the current number sits, I don't love a side in this match. I do ever like the under. I think it's a little inflated. Of course, with these two teams, I could read off the attacking numbers and how impressive they are. But those are based on situations where the opponent is going to let them have the ball a lot. And I think in a match like this, Barca, you know, we'll see how they look. They're not going to have as much possession. I'm a little worried about that. That's the one thing that scares me here. But I think Barca out of possession a little more. Bayern not going to have as much dominance as they're norm- normally used to. The total seems a bit high to me. I was expecting three and a quarter. We got three and a half, minus 115 to the under. That would be my play for this match right now. The other match uh, in Group C is Victoria Pleasant at home, plus 750, hosting Inter, minus 275. The draw here is four to one at bet 365. Uh, this is 1245 kickoff. Enter, I heard someone, I think it was Nikki Bandini, say the, the word feeble to describe their performance against Bayern Munich mm-hmm. uh, in, in the first round. I think that's a fair way to put it. They've been not all that impressive, I guess you could say, in Serie A to start. Uh, they've already lost, I think, as half as many games as they lost all of last season domestically. They are coming off a, a, a 1-0 win over Torino, BJ's boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
pleasant. Yeah, they, they scored, but when we didn't learn much from, about Barcelona's Champions League journey uh, against at home against Victoria Pleasant, nor did we learn much about this team at uh, Barcelona. I would say we know that they're bad, but are they bad enough where you want to lay a goal and a half on the road with a team like Inter who've been inconsistent? I'm kind of on the fence here, so I'm, I'm happy to turn it over to you two. You two are on the same side here, and I'm happy to be convinced uh, maybe to join you guys. So, Anthony, your thoughts here between the Italian giants and a team out of the Czech Republic. Yeah. You know, it was not a very encouraging performance from Inter. They're, they're, they're stuck in the mud right now. And even the, the weekend against Torino, they've had a bunch of weird matches where they've been the better side, but haven't quite got the results. Lazio comes to mind. The loss to Milan, I thought they deserved at least a point in that match. And then you look at their performance from the, the last game and, and you know, it, it's not as bad when you look at the box score as maybe it was if you just kind of look at, you know, the final score. The, the last minute own goal kind of factors into what you may think of it. But Barca completely dominated this Pleasant team, and it really wasn't close. 84.9% field tilt for Barca, 76% possession. Expected goals were 1.1, but a lot of that came for Pleasant off of one chance and then late in the game when it was well decided. So, not much to like about this team. I think this is a, just a good get right by low spot for Inter. And I don't love laying a goal and a half on the road in the Champions League, but this Pleasant team is really, really bad. And, and BJ has talked last week about their numbers in the Czech League and, and why they're not even good there. So, you know, why are we expecting them to be competitive in this league? The reality is now for Inter, if they want a chance to advance, they need to not just win these matches, but boost up their goal difference. And I think we're going to see Inter in an ideal get right spot do exactly that. They've had a lot of tough matches with Torino and Lazio and Milan and Bayern. Now it's going to be a huge step down in competition. And they have been a bit of a flat track bully this season thus far in Serie A. And some of the teams are, you know, Pleasant is, is on the level of some of those teams. So uh, you look at, you know, Pleasant's numbers, not particularly encouraging. And Bayern, you know, Inter did get eight penalty box shots. So it wasn't all bad to 14 for Bayern. There were chances. They just hit them right at Neuer. So uh, it's not like they were completely dominated. You know, they had almost one expected goal. So uh, there's something there in Inter, and I'm not going to just sell off of one bad performance against Bayern. Yeah, uh, I'm taking Inter minus four and a half and plus 110 as well. Uh, you know, Anthony, you already mentioned it. I mean, <laughs> Pleasant, they're, they're just really, really bad. They're probably the worst team in this competition, I would say. Barcelona had 50 touches in their penalty area. You already mentioned 75% possession. I mean, I mentioned it last week. Last season, the Czech League, only a plus 0.34 expected goal differential only averaged about 1.6 XG per 90. Like that's the worst of any team outside of Europe's big five leagues. Like they literally by XG are the worst team in this competition. And, you know, if Inter, it's funny, if you go back to last year's group stage, we, we all know they, they held, you know, they were right there with Real Madrid over both meetings, but in the four matches against Shakhtar and Sheriff, they completely dominated them. It was 9.3 expected goals for to 2.6 against. And in Serie A, dating back to the start of last season, they've had 23 matches against teams in the bottom half of the table. <laughs> they have a plus 42.4 expected goal differential, like a plus 1.85 XG differential per 90 minutes. Like this team just completely blows out lesser competition. So I'm with you, Anthony. I'm taking Inter minus one and a half. And also just to kind of compare talent levels to let people see how big of a gap this is between these two teams. If you look at transfermarket.com, both these teams, total squad transfer value enters at 604 million. Pleasant's at 
24 million. Like the, the gap between these two teams is just so large. So I have interest spread at minus 1.83. So I'm taking them minus one and a half at plus 110. All right. Yeah. I'll join you guys. Right. Three for three on Inter on this minus one and a half. Uh, yeah, this is not this is not one of the big underdogs to take here, Michael. We'll, yeah, we'll get, no, I, we'll I get have to one couple, later. But. I have a yeah, I have a couple that I'm going to indulge on for sure. Um, maybe one and pleasant for a one no win. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move to Group A. Uh, we'll start with Liverpool. Speaking of stuck in the mud, uh, of course they they didn't play. <laughs> That'd be an over, understatement. Yeah, they didn't play over the weekend, uh, along with all the teams in England and Scotland. But they are minus two hundred. They will be playing against Ajax at Anfield. Ajax come in plus four fifty. Boy, did I tried to tell you guys Ajax would just well, they would be fine without all those guys. And you didn't listen to me. Ajax <laughs> that was the plus, worst call we all had last yeah, week. Yeah, that was that was that might go down. We had a couple. The worst, the worst of the season. Ajax plus four fifty on the road. The draw here is plus three seventy five. I said this on our Premier League preview pod, which I'm sure not a lot of people heard because the Premier League was canceled for the weekend. It's hard to to lay this kind of number with Liverpool right now. You need just need to kind of they, they were playing Wolves and Wolves were ten to one on the money line, and it just almost is, behooves you as a better just to either you either want to sit out or you just want to keep prodding this Liverpool team to see just how far it will go because you're still getting good prices. That being said, we all thought Ajax were overrated in the market before. The Champions League started. Uh, I, one game against the Rangers is not going to change that tune for me. So I would like uh, a little bit bigger number, but it's 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 Ajax or nothing for me here. But I could see. We don't typically get into coach speak all that much, but it does seem like Jurgen Klopp is kind of committing to. I don't want to say abandoning ship with with like the all out press, but just playing a more pragmatic, managed game. Uh, that's kind of what he was alluding to after Napoli when he said. Uh, they they might need to kind of just like reimagine where they're at right now. Not unlike what Eric Ten Hag kind of is doing with Man United. You don't need to just go 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 all the time. There are it's not like a, a cardinal sin to abandon that kind of soccer for in these kind of situations. So I could see uh, Liverpool parking it a little bit, not, not not a lot. I mean, it's not in their DNA, but being a little less rambunctious. Uh, Anthony, what are your thoughts on Liverpool Ajax and this these numbers? Yeah, this is a this is a pass for me with a lean to the under. I think that we can't overreact to one game from Ajax, but like we have to also acknowledge that our prior on Ajax, at least what we thought prior going to last week, was that this team would not be nearly as dominant, uh, and we didn't really have data necessarily to go off of that. That was more vibes, uh, and this is an art, not a, necessarily a science when it comes to a team who gets raided like Ajax did, loses the manager, loses their striker best winger arguably best defender so you know like it's it's hard to to truly gauge them but i also think that we you know maybe we were wrong on ix maybe they're not worse but also i don't want to say that after one match either against rangers because maybe we're wrong on rangers that's my question like so were we wrong about ix or we were wrong about rangers right and and i was not I was not huge on, on Rangers going into this tournament either. So I'm, I'm starting to think that maybe this is more just as much about Rangers as it was about Ajax. Uh, when we, when we think about what we were wrong in our call, I cannot lay Liverpool here at all, but I also have no interest in Ajax, the number. So if it got to one and a half, I would be on Ajax uh, because I do think that they can cause some problems uh, and in a similar way that, you know, they're passing combinations on the wings that they use. At least they used heavily under 10 hog uh, can cause issues for a Liverpool defense that, you know, if you were to pinpoint where the biggest problems are beyond the midfield pressing, it's that they're kind of getting overloaded in these wide areas where they normally would have midfield help to help 
and they're not getting that because the midfield's old and not covering as much ground as it used to. And so they're getting kind of caught out. And you saw that in the first goal, I thought, for Napoli, or, or second goal, rather, uh, when Zambo and Gisa just kind of did a, a very simple one-two and they were just right in behind again. And, and Liverpool's defense was kind of just standing there looking at each other, Alexander-Arnold and Gomez. So, uh, And it looks like Van Dyke's lost a bit of athleticism, too. So, you know, we talked about Liverpool on the last pod. We're going to be talking about Liverpool a lot. This number seems about right for me. Ajax last six matches, 22 goals scored one goal against yes one match in the champions league at five in the area of but that's the frightening part about liverpool and, and bj you're going to make a case for the reds in just a second that's what would scare me if if you are going to lay the goal uh with liverpool at home is that almost in, in like a backdoor cover kind of sense that you, we see in college football all the time that this ix team could go down two nil and score they're still going to give liverpool trouble going the other way uh three one and, and get a late goal or whatever, because they are an offensive. I don't want to call them a force or a juggernaut, but they are very strong offensively. They have good uh, players. Steven Bergwijn is this year's Sebastian Allaire. And I, I just can't see Liverpool keeping them out, which is a little scary and why I'm kind of leaning towards taking just the number and taking a shot to see if Liverpool will capitulate again in a tough matchup. But you're here to tell us not so fast. Yeah, not so fast, my friend. Yeah, I'm going to make a case here for Liverpool. So Thiago being back obviously makes a big difference. And I agree with Anthony that the problems at the back with Trent Alexander-Arnold, um, you know, Kanate still being out, I think is a big problem for Liverpool. I think he provides a lot more athleticism along with Van Dyke that could really help them defensively. Matip is a little bit older. Joe Gomez just is not really a, a top-tier center back to be pairing alongside Van Dyke. So those things do kind of worry me. But when is the last time that Ajax truly played a top-tier club of Liverpool's stature? Because it wasn't in the Champions League last year. They were paired in a group with Besiktas, Sporting, Dortmund, and then they got beat by Benfica in the round of 16. You have to go back two years ago when they were paired in a group with Liverpool. So Liverpool beat them over both meetings, one nothing, And that was during Liverpool's injury crisis. Uh, and I went back and looked at the lineups that they faced against those Ajax teams. Liverpool in the first meeting played a, a, a midfield of James Milner, Curtis Jones, and Will Naldum. And they had a center back pairing of Fabinho and Joe Gomez. And they still beat them one nothing, beat them on XG. Then in the second meeting, the center back pairing was Joel Matip and Fabinho. And they played a midfield of Wijnaldum, Henderson, and Curtis Jones. So now they're going to play a midfield of Thiago, of Fabinho. They're going to have Van Dyke back there. And they're still going to have their wing backs. They're still going to, and they're going to have a pretty much the same solid front three that they've had for years outside of obviously Sadio Mane looks like Diego Jota's back. That obviously helps Liverpool quite a bit. So my point is that if Liverpool, if the last time Ajax actually played a, a club of this level of this stature and really wasn't able to get at a midfield, that midfield and that defense, what makes you think that they're going to do it to with the players that they have now? I agree with you guys that like, it is scary taking Liverpool minus one. Like they haven't looked that great to start the season. I think Thiago getting back, it's not going to just be like an automatic switch. Like they're going to be good again, but I still have questions with his Ajax team. And I think to Anthony's point, like I think it has more to do with the fact that Rangers is just bad, that they've lost a couple of good players and that they just got overrun by a good Ajax team at home. But then again, I'm like, has Ajax played anybody like, to that level in, in two years? I don't think so. So I'm going to take Liverpool. I'm going to bet on the fact that Ajax hasn't played a team of this stature, of this level, of this talent for over two years. And I'm going to hope to God that, that Liverpool can find something. I'm taking a minus one. The other Group A match 
is Wednesday, uh, postponed to Wednesday because of uh, policing concerns in oh. Scotland. A lot of police are all over the country, I guess, to make sure that everyone is paying respect to Queen Elizabeth. So this is a Wednesday afternoon game. Rangers plus 333 at home. Napoli odds on minus 134 on the road to draw. Here's three to one. Yeah, I tried to tell you guys that Rangers were, were maybe not that good. They they that's two that's two that's two four 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 nil losses in a row uh, on the spin for the Teddy Bears. One to Celtic and then last week to Ajax. So maybe they're just one of the weaker teams in the competition. They do come into the tournament with like a reputation of being able to kind of smash and grab, sit back and counter, which should be okay against Napoli like that's I think the draw here is worth a shot at three to one you're gonna get a little total it's two decent defensive sides obviously one in a completely different stratosphere than the other uh Napoli 3.6 expected goals allowed uh in six matches in Syria this season uh four wins two draws and no losses four goals allowed on those 3.6 expected they were also the best defensive team in uh Syria last year there's definitely going to be a, a significant home field advantage for Rangers as well, like going to the Ibrox first Champions League group stage match in know, 10 years or so. For the Teddy Bears, like the screams draw to me. The screams Rangers sitting back, digging their heels in and giving Napoli the ball and not being able to generate much going forward. So I'm going to be there. I'm going to be on the draw at three to one at uh, Bet365. BJ, what do you have here? Yeah, I mean, I have value on Rangers, but it's hard. Like there's, they were really bad against Ajax, like really really bad and i did not expect that after the europa league run that they had last season i no, listen they they did kind of luck box their way through that but at plus one on the road at ajax after losing all those players and you can't blame us for taking the rangers there oh uh, why people blame me yeah it turns out it turns out we were wrong um they might have said that as our their best bet for the whole for the whole right week. i mean um you know alfredo morelos didn't play like you know he's been kind of in and out of the lineup which that obviously hurts rangers attack that you know maybe just losing calvin bassey and joe Rebo like has a drastic effect on on rangers team like maybe they just we're very reliant on those guys. And, and, you know, I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say, I didn't watch that much Scottish premier league last season. So maybe those guys just had a big effect, but again, you know, to your point, like Napoli minus minus one thirty on the road, I don't care how good they've looked in Syria or how badly they beat Liverpool. Like there's just, there's no way I'm betting Napoli at that number. They're just drastically overvalued <laughs> on the road. So um, if, if Rangers gets to plus one, I might dabble again. Oh yeah. I but, uh, but other than that, um, I'm going to pass for one match on Rangers. Just, I, I want to see one more match. Like I want to f- find out, are they truly this bad? Or was it just one match on the road against Ajax? Like we, we, I need to figure out what's going on with them. It's going to be similar to that, that Celtic match where it's, it's, if you're going to watch the first five minutes of any match, you're going to want to watch this one for the atmosphere. But I think other than that, it could be pretty boring match. Cause I just think Giovanni Bronkhorst is going to set up a big blue bus, uh, in Glasgow. Uh, Anthony, any quick thoughts on Napoli and Rangers? I mean, look, if you had to line up the most impressive and the least impressive performance of the entire first match week, you would probably say that Napoli was the most impressive. They put up over four expected goals in one half against Liverpool. <laughs> and you would probably say that Rangers were the worst. And so, you know, in terms of buying uh, high and selling low, that's exactly what you'd be doing if you were betting Napoli in this match as an odds on road favorite. And the market did move quite a bit. Uh, this was closer to even money. Now you're getting minus 125. So no interest in Napoli here. It's Rangers or nothing. It's going to be nothing. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I, so that's, that's where I'm at on this one. Uh, all right, let's saunter over to a, a group B match between 
Leverkusen plus 187 at Bet365. They're home to our boys. Atletico Madrid plus no. 145 on the road. The draw here is plus 240. The Champions League, like it, it just throws up so many beautiful images throughout the entire kind of journey. And we already might have got the best one, which was Diego Simeone sprinting down the sideline in the 11th minute of stoppage time in match week one to celebrate with his team. And it also brings up the point where, I, I mean, Atletico Madrid probably plays more stoppage time than any team in, in, in Europe. Of it, yeah. And, and we have beautiful. to mention, that was the worst, under two and a half was like the worst, that's the worst yeah. speed of all time. Yeah, so Atleti wins 2-1 against Porto, all three goals in stoppage time. Uh, Porto. <laughs> that's the second time that's happened too with these, these two teams. Porto, um, an 81st minute red card. They scored on a penalty, the Portuguese did, uh, and it just it was I mean, a crap red card too. It was just mastering the dark arts has become a cliche now in, in soccer, but it is what C- Simeone does. Uh, and he just, God bless him. We love him so much on the show. Uh, Leverkusen one, one and six in the Bundesliga. That's win draw loss. So six losses out of their first eight, they are in the relegation battle as is right now. And some of those losses, one of them came to Elversburg, which is a third division. Excuse me. They're one, one at six in all competitions. Uh, and they have losses to Elversburg, a third division, German side, Augsburg and Bruges now, who they they lost to in the opening round of the Champions League. This is what we get for spending the first six months of last season saying that Leverkusen are a fade team. They luck box their way and then they started to get better. And then now all of a sudden we we started to get back in on them. They're just now one one at six in all competitions. This is something else. I've got nothing here. This is the strangest matchup, I think, on the board in terms of the way it's lined, the two teams the dark arts that will be at play here for both sides. So I'm going to be sitting this one out. BJ, Bayer, or Atleti? I'm taking Atleti. Uh, purely just numbers play for me. I have value, a little bit of value on Atletico Madrid. Draw no bet. I mean, this Leverkusen team, they're just so frustrating. Like, you can say they've been unlucky in the Bundesliga. Like, the match against Bruce was just, because like, I had Leverkusen, it was just so frustrating to watch. Like, they were giving up way too many chances to Bruce. Like, I, they only created one expectable. I understand they had one vart off by a toenail, but, like, it's just, this team just doesn't have it right now. Like, they're only at a plus one expectable differential. They just drew with Hertha Berlin over the weekend. They got beat on XG by a relegation team in the Bundesliga. I mean, say what you will about Atletico, and, like, Anthony has, but... They were last season, like on XG, one of the best defensive teams in Europe. They were 0.73 non penalty XG per 90. This season, they're at 0.85. You can say they got lucky against Porto. That's fine. Like, you can say that they've struggled in the Champions League. That's fine. But if I'm showing value on Atletico, I'm going to take them. And especially <laughs> against this Leverkusen team, who I am just done with. So I'm taking Atletico, draw no bet at minus 130. And like you said, Michael, this is just going to be one of the dumbest matches of the week. What Atletico does is they, they put themselves in position to take advantage of their luck because they're always hanging around. Well, like I that's, mean, that's you a, skill. a better matchup for a counterattack athletic team to play. I mean, this Leverkusen team, they just, they're so open all the time and they just get beat so many times on the counter. So yeah, this is more running down the touchline. <laughs> Dare I uh, say, I like the under. Can I even do not? it again? Can I do it again after of what happened course. last week? Yeah, why not? Uh, I lean toward the under here. I understand Leverkusen's underperformed relatively, but I think this is a good matchup uh, for them to... Uh, struggle an attack. You mentioned it, BJ. I don't like Atleti, but their defense is good. I'm not going to deny that. But let's look at what we've seen from this Atletico attack, which has been embarrassingly bad. Three penalty box shots against mm-hmm. Porto, two of which they scored, of course, one of which mm-hmm. deflected up over the goalie. Uh, <laughs> not mad, though. 
two two deep pass completions uh, in the match against Porto. And look, and look, this is what say, he does. It doesn't and matter. We could, and we could say we could say that you know this is uh, like a, a weird result and a fluky thing, but then they this went back funny. into Spain, and this weekend, what did they do? Does anybody know? They played they a again. banger against yeah. Celta Vigo. They did, but very fortunate once again. Scored four goals <laughs> off of, uh, off of uh, about one and a half expected. So, yep. you know, you look at this and you go back and you can even look at some of the other results, the road win in Katafe. There's been a lot of fortunate results thus far this season. Uh, they've produced nine, nine goals from like 6.2-ish in the league, and they've conceded four from about five-ish expected allowed. So, again, they're running well here. Uh, they really ran really well against Porto, got dominated in that match. So I could make the case for the under. That would be the only play here for me. I think you're right, BJ, in that the counterattacking and opportunities for Simeone here are endless. And uh, <laughs> look, it's what Simeone does, sure. But <laughs> give, him, give him give him his due. Jesus. Uh, no, if no you say it over and over and over again, like every year, it's like, that, oh, at Letty are fortunate. There's something else at play here. Uh, and it's I mean, they, were, were they fortunate? I mean, they... They went out in the Champions League when we all thought they would uh, they, last they, year, they, and they, the year they, before they were, that they got pasted in the Champions League. They lost like they they lost one nil in the Champions League in the most impressive dis- performance of the entire. But, but I thought the whole thing was that they're supposed to win without great performance. Like that's the thing. Everything we always credit him no matter what happens. Yeah, uh, and so that's that's where I draw. What else? What else are you gonna do? You don't need to do this again. What else? Are you I like do? the I lean the under. I'll be fading Atleti going forward. Uh, not sure when, because the opportunities don't look great, but there will be opportunities coming. Although it's, I think we've got Port- a Madrid Porto again. We've got a Madrid derby right this weekend, yep. so I guess yep. I will not be fading. That's, that's an over game, baby. Uh, the over. other the other Group B match. We'll talk about this one quickly. Minus two seventy five on Porto at home hosting Bruges eight to one draw. Here's plus three seventy five. Uh, <laughs> like we said, Porto lost. Two to one to Atletico Madrid. All three goals coming at stoppage time in their Champions League opener. Uh, Bruges defeated Leverkusen despite losing the XG battle a little bit, but I don't think that that really fairly explains how that match went. I thought they were impressive. Nothing for me here. Anthony, right back to you for your play on Porto and Bruges. Yeah, I mean, uh, I like the under here too. Uh, Porto last season was one of the biggest overperformers, not just in Portugal, but in all of Europe, when you run their expected goals to their actual goals, they had a ton of uh, weird situational game states in Portugal where they, they like ran up scores late. Okay. But they were an, they're a major under regression candidate. Uh, and we saw again, this team is not really built um, necessarily to play against decent defensive sides and, and I'm not going to make the case that Bruges is, is a great defensive side, but I was pretty encouraged by what they did to Leverkusen. Leverkusen, uh, over one and a half expected threat, but only turned that into about 0.75 XG. I know there was, you know, the, the VAR controversies, of course, but I thought Bruges were never in a moment in that game that I feel like Bruges were on the verge of conceding or getting overrun or overwhelmed. Now that may change as they go on the road to Portugal, but Portugal's attack is not good enough uh, for them to be this big of a favorite. And so I lean toward the under in this game. I do think Bruges will struggle to score against Porto's uh, very good defense, but this, this will be a uh, lean to the under for me. And BJ, you're, you're going to loop Porto in with another team we already talked about. Yeah, I'm going to do a Porto Inter parlay. Uh, you can get, you know, you probably those two together. You can get them at minus 105. You know, we already talked about Porto. Unlucky they were against Atletico. But, I mean, this Club Bruges team, they're, I mentioned on the last pod, they were only a plus 0.49 XG differential in Belgium last year. Like, that's that the 13th best league in Europe. Like, that's 
really, really bad. Uh, and this is also, you know, by expected goal differential, I mean, Porto, they were a full goal better than Bruges last season and playing in a much more difficult league. So there is value, I believe, in taking Porto minus one and a half, but they're also very similar style play to Atletico, whereas if they get up one nothing, they're just going to park the bus and camp out and take three points. So I agree with Anthony that I don't think that Leverkusen dominated that match at all. I thought that Bruges uh, was very threatening on the counterattack, but they're now facing one of the best defensive sides outside of the Europe's big five. So, and I'm very, very terrified of a, of a Porto one, no win and taking the minus one and a half. So instead I'm going to loop them in with Inter, like we already talked about who, how much we love Inter. So I'm going to parlay those two uh, and bring it down to minus one Oh five. Hey, uh, let's stick around Portugal. Why don't we uh, sporting Lisbon? They are plus two seventy five. At Bet365, they're at home hosting Spurs odds on minus 106. The draw here is plus 260. This is a 12.45 p.m. kickoff on Tuesday afternoon. Spurs' uh, expected goal differential on the season now is at plus 0.77. Pretty impressive. They Their defensive form has been great. 0.8 expected goals allowed combined. Uh, granted, the competition was Fulham and Marseille, but still, Pretty good. Uh, Sporting coming off a 3-0 win against Frankfurt in their opener. So these are the two teams at the top of the group. Stylistically, I like Sporting's chances here. Spurs, they just, they're going to be the team that you want to bet on against more adventurous sides, teams that are going to have the ball, they're going to press, they're going to leave space behind. We, we say it over and over and over again. Harry Kane running in, Sloan running in, Richarlison juggling the ball and then running in. It's just, this is not the easiest matchup, I think, for Tottenham going on the road here as an odds on favorite. So I think I will take the number on sporting and play into that styles, make fights narrative. Anthony as the Spurs tragic slash Liverpool fan on the show. What do you have to say? Yeah. As far as the uh, game goes, I actually had a lovely discussion uh, last night at a bar in Philadelphia where I ran into some Portuguese uh, doctors who were in town for a conference. Uh, and I asked them, I said, you know, are you, are you guys football fans? And they said they were sporting Lisbon fans. So then we had a, a discussion about the match on Tuesday. I told them I was a Spurs fan. Uh, they are not very confident. They think Spurs are going to come into town and run them on Tuesday, uh, which was disappointing to hear. I thought they would be a little more optimistic. But Sporting have had a really bad start to the season. I know they got a great result against Frankfurt in a, in a pretty mediocre performance. The, the game was very even. There wasn't a ton in it. Uh, sporting, you know, matched up some goals. Good for them. But they just don't look like uh, a team... Who, you know, I know BJ likes them more than I do. Again, I'm still not buying this sporting Lisbon team dating back to last season. The defense is very good though. And we saw from Spurs against Marseille that the chance creation is still just a little bit off. And until the red card happened, Spurs hadn't created a squat. I mean, they were looking at, you know, 0.3, 0.4 XG at the time of the red card. Uh, now, of course the red card was a, a dog. So, so, you know, someone was in behind, it could have easily been one nil there anyway, but that kind of gets to the point here. Lisbon is not going to be adventurous. They're not going to let Tottenham uh, control or at least get that space in behind that they so crave. And so I would lean toward the under here again. I like a lot of unders on this board and I hate that so much in the Champions League because these games just tend to get chaotic and it's always after slow starts. You feel good at halftime and then everything <laughs> goes to shit. Uh, and that's, you know, and sometimes stoppage time. But from an overall perspective, I do think Lisbon's attack looks like they're worse than last year and they didn't create much against Frankfurt. So I think all that points me toward the under. Uh, BJ, you're committing a cardinal sin here. Yeah. Um, you know, I do like sporting, but I... I agree with the Portuguese doctors. I don't really like them in this matchup against Tottenham. I mean, if you look at their start to the season, they got 
They got dominated by Porto on the road. They drew with Braga and lost on XG to them. They, you know, they've they've lost two of their best midfielders and Nunes and, you know, Paulinho is gone now. So they look worse in the midfield. Like, yes, they beat Frankfurt. But just from a mathematical perspective, like I mentioned last week, if you take the sporting team from last season, that was a plus 1.4 actually differential per 90 minutes. Compare that to the Tottenham team under Conte, who's been about a plus one actually differential per 90 minutes. Well, I have England rated like a goal better than Portugal. So even taking into home field advantage, I still have Spurs somewhere around minus a half, even minus 0.6. So um, I actually have Tottenham at minus 138 in this one. So I actually am showing a little bit of value on Spurs, but like Anthony already mentioned, like the match against Marseille, they didn't do anything before the red card. And it was kind of worrying that they allowed Marseille to kind of control that game. They should not be letting Marseille do that on their home turf. So I don't know if Conte is starting to play a little bit more passive counterattacking style and not looking to dominate the ball as much. Maybe he's just that stylistically what he's going to try to do now, but yeah, I'm going to end up passing on this one. If Spurs hits even money, I'm going to take them. But other than that, I am passing on this one. Spurs does have rest advantage too in this one. So yeah, you have to mention that, uh, which is big, especially when you're traveling on the road. Yeah. Spurs also, you know, city was minus one and a half in this fixture last year. That was in February. I feel like that's a pretty big drop off for Spurs to be this cheap, especially given the downgrades we think that have come for this sporting team. So uh, yeah, I don't, love the way Tottenham's playing right now. I'm still. They should be able to dominate the midfield in this one. They They really should, but I don't know who knows. A lot of times this year and it has not been the case. Yeah. Uh, Right. The last match we'll talk about on Tuesday is Marseille minus one ten. Who cares? Uh, Who cares? (laughs) Marseille took more of my money on Saturday and I was looking good. Leo went up one, no one like the 10th minute. And then Marseille, Marseille, they scored their next two shots. No, they, no, should air, they, should, they should not air this match. I will be watching it because I, I need to I'm watch not. Marseille more because I, I, I'm there's we're missing something. I'm, I'm very convinced, you know, even without Dimitri Payet against Lille, no problem. Two goals win. <laughs> I'll be on Frankfurt here, three to one uh, at Bet365. It's Frankfurt or nothing. Yeah, they're off to a pretty pedestrian start in the Bundesliga. Marseille, like you said, they're, they're just winning every the table in France every, every time they step onto the field in Ligue 1. But out of respect, for you two guys as, as my my friends and, and co-hosts and, and colleagues. Uh, I'll be on Frankfurt here, but the, num- the number is good enough. Where would you say that these two teams are if you put them next to each other on a vacuum, right? Like it's it's not this big of a I difference. Think Marse- I think Marseille, I think Marseille is better. Better, better but... right? But like this much better? I don't know how we know how bad Frankfurt is yet. We'll I mean, find out together on we're Tuesday. We're going to find out. All right, let's Tavares score bangers. Uh, we'll move on to Wednesday. We don't need to put It really team. is. By the way, I'm surprised – BJ isn't like a Marseille fan. I think if they ran, if they didn't cost him as much money, he'd be a fan. Like they have every Arsenal player. Yep. A reject. Like it's kind of funny. Every like, Arsenal reject Tavares, goes to Marseille. Gwendo- Gwendozi's there. Yeah. Everybody who everybody yep. who Arteta has frozen out just goes to the south of France, which to be honest, you know, that's not a bad place to be. Yeah. Uh, I agree. All right, let's go to Wednesday. Before we do, just a reminder, Wonder Goal is presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sports book brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game, and you get 200 free. Chelsea, minus 275 at home. Graham Potter in town at Stanford Bridge. Uh, they're taking on RB Salzburg, plus 650 on the road. The draw here is plus 240. Uh, excuse me, plus 450. It's... <laughs> 
you can, how can you how can you look at this Chelsea side? I, I get the new manager bounce we talk about on the show every time a manager is fired that there is something to it. A lot of it is just the team you know regressing positively or whatever. But there is something to the new manager bounce. Uh, the numbers do bear it out. But minus two seventy five on a team that is last five matches two wins, three losses, and a minus point two expected goal differential, and those. Results came against a murderer's row of Leeds, Leicester, Saints, West Ham, and Dinamo Zagreb, who they just lost to 1-0 to send Thomas Tuchel on his way out of London. Um, This is an easy pass for me. Anthony, what say you on Graham Potter's Blues? Yeah, I mean, this is there's still two big injuries for Chelsea. N'Golo Conte's out, and now Edward Mendy has a knee injury. Doesn't look like he's going to. Uh, we're not. We're not sure necessarily if he's going to play. He may have just had the out of form itis, but we'll see what Potter says. We don't know exactly know, but I know that even in not great form, I'd prefer him in the goal over Keppa, given that Keppa has an extensive track record of just being bad. But I don't necessarily think that the youth of Salzburg are going to be intimidated or overrun in this match. Salzburg were the better side against Milan. Now they go on the road, they're catching a goal and a half. Chelsea is the kind of team compared to, say, uh, an RB Leipzig, for example, you know, the two teams who, the two high profile teams who just changed managers because of struggling performances. I'm actually more optimistic in the short term about Leipzig, and we'll talk about them in a minute, than I am about Chelsea, because I think Chelsea's problems run a little bit deeper than Tuchel. Potter system took time. Brighton did not become Brighton overnight. And they became Brighton over the course of about six to eight months. Uh, and I think that complex possession system is different from what Tuchel does, but it's not that different in how they strangle possession and impress in certain ways. And I think Chelsea's problems are still personnel more so than managers. So I, I like uh, lean to Salzburg here pretty strongly. And I'm probably, I'm, I'm going to bet Salzburg plus one and a half because I, I just think that the market is anticipating a bounce back. And, and obviously Chelsea is still very good. But this market should probably be selling them a little bit right now, given the performance to dip in the last two months. I will say in Group E, Milan, minus 350 at home, hosting Zagreb, like we said, off of that famous win against Chelsea. Uh, they're 11-1 on the money line at Bet365. The draw here is plus 425. That's a smash and grab for you, man. They did it at home, 1-0 uh, win on a, on a counterattack, and uh, made – Life really tough uh, on on the Blues on the road. That's what you got to do when you're one of these teams uh, coming out of uh, the lesser leagues, and they accomplish that. Going to be a lot tougher on the road in Milan, who are uh, four wins, two draws from six uh, Serie A matches with a plus six goal differential, and the expected goal numbers is basically the same. Coming off a, a two one victory over Sampdoria, Harry Winks aside. He, it's just so weird to see him in that beautiful kit, but Hey, he's, he's a good looking guy. It's a good looking kit. So good for him. I got nothing here either. The group B matches will be likely be a pass, maybe a sprinkle on Salzburg. If Anthony did kind of convince me there, uh, BJ, what do you think more magic from Zagreb here? Yeah, I think we'll see a little bit more magic from Zagreb here. I mean, they showed a really a fantastic ability against Chelsea to essentially just sit deep play a low block uh, and defend. I mean, they held Chelsea to one expected goal on 15 shots. They blocked eight of them. They had 21 clearances. I mean, Michael, this is like a power play defense in hockey. That's basically how they did. Now they, they lined up. You'll see their formation lineup as a three, five, two, but really it was just a five, three, two. It was just very compact. Didn't allow anything to go through the middle and basically said, Hey, Chelsea, you're going to have to go out wide. And you're going to have to swing things in. 
uh, to beat us and Chelsea couldn't do it. So I'm not so sure that Milan is going to be able to do that either. And also, I mean, let's think, I mean, we're only in the second match week, but for a club like Zagreb to get three points on match week one against Chelsea, how else do you think they're going to set up going to the San Siro? Like they're going to go there to play for a zero, zero draw and to get one point to give them a better chance to get into the knockout stage. And if you go back to essentially, you know, over the last two seasons, they've played five matches against uh, big five sides. They've, you know, two matches against West Ham in the group stage, two matches against Sevilla in the Europa League knockout last year, and then the one match against Chelsea. They've only allowed 5.3 expected goals in those five matches. So they've shown the ability to play very defensive and to be effective in doing so. Uh, I mean, I mentioned it last week, Milan, they were only about a 1.5 non-penalty XG per 90-minute offense. They only created 0.9 against Salzburg. Like Anthony mentioned, they were not the better side in that one. So, you know, if they weren't be able to if they weren't able to break down essentially a 4-4-2 from Salzburg, and let's be honest, in Serie A, they don't play a lot of 5-3-2, sit back, park the bus, uh, and try to break down a low block. So I don't, if they weren't able to do it against Salzburg, I don't, didn't give me much confidence in them doing it here. So, um, you know, under two and a half goals sitting at plus 120, I bet 365. I only have 2.39 goals projected this one. So I'm taking under two and a half goals. I think it's interesting. You know, the question is we know how, we know how Zagreb is going to set up, but will it be effective? And what you think of their defensive performance against Chelsea is kind of dependent on what you think of Chelsea. So, in my opinion, you know, I think Chelsea had 1.8 expected threat, 85% field tilt, and uh, Zagreb allowed them to complete 23 deep completions. That's a sign of a team at home who is struggling in the midfield and is not doing much to compete. And I understand that Milan is an overrated team generally that we're looking to fade, but uh, I'll be fading Milan when they go to Zagreb. I will not be fading them in this match. This is a pass for me. Group A now. Uh, you guys know that I have nothing but love for Carlo Ancelotti, even if he he did leave Everton in, in a spot of bother. I forgive him, uh, and he earned my forgiveness with that Champions League final victory. Once a blue, always a blue. Carlo Ancelotti. Uh, him and Real Madrid are minus 200 hosting RB Leipzig, plus 475. The draw here is plus 375. Well, the reason I open it like that is because I'm going to be betting against Carlo Ancelotti here. Uh, just like I did last week, that went well. When they pasted Celtic, we'll talk about them in a minute. Uh, Madrid is the only team in the big five leagues of Europe with an unblemished record. However, that's get their schedule has been basically a cakewalk. They are coming off a 4-1 win against Mallorca and then the 3-0 win against Celtic. Meanwhile, Leipzig, a new manager in town. Uh, Tedesco's out. Marco Rosa's in. They greeted his arrival with a 3-0 win at Dortmund, his former club. Maybe they're coming back. Maybe that's the new manager bounce. I like Leipzig here. We we talk about how Madrid is, is generally overrated by the market. I think that's the case here. I think you're buying in on a good spot for Leipzig, not just with the new manager, but just, you know, let's not forget like the way they closed last season. They closed on a torrid run, stormed up the table, qualified for Champions League, and we're the best team in the Bundesliga, aside from Bayern, um, from January 1st on. So I think it's just a good spot. Sell high on Madrid, even though they're perfect. Even though I love Ancelotti, I'm in on Leipzig in the Marco Rosa era. Anthony, this is your boy. He's a ha- another handsome guy, though. Oh, I love Marco. Uh, great win for the boys. Uh, I'm back in on Leipzig again. You know, we've talked about them a good amount at this point. They conceded four goals on five shots, man. 
Like, I know we all joked about Shakhtar on the last pod, and then they went and did what they did. And, you know, there were concerns defensively because a couple of those were big chances, but they conceded four goals on five shots. And that's just ridiculous. Uh, Benzema will not play. So I think that that's definitely got to be factored in here. And I think when my numbers make this bout right with Benz, you take Benz out. I have to bet Leipzig plus one on the road here. I think this is a very competitive match. I don't see all that much. Of course, Madrid is the better team, but I don't see uh, a huge gap here because the attack was so centered around Vinicius and Benzema that taking Benzema out of it, as much as I do love Vinicius, I think he's probably the most underrated player in the world, uh, although not as much anymore. He was. Uh, but I think that there's not that much between these two teams. And Leipzig's defense should improve under the Rosa system. And I actually think when you think about Madrid and what they've had issues with, Rosa was notorious at Dortmund, or excuse me, at Gladbach before he went to Dortmund. As soon as they win the ball, two or three guys are going to run in. And I think run in behind and they're going to immediately look to play in behind. That is the kind of system that can give Madrid problems. That is the kind of system with somebody like a team over that I'm very excited to see what it looks like in practice. Now they kind of just dominated the match against Dortmund. They didn't really have that kind of problem. They won't be not that that will not be the case in this match, but I had this match circled anyway to bet Leipzig. I think we're getting a slightly better number because of how poor Leipzig have been and how good Real have been. But the loss of Benzema is a big one. I know they scored four goals today against Mallorca, <laughs> uh, but three of them came in the final eight minutes, 10 minutes. And or at least two of them came in, the, in stoppage time. And the opportunity for Madrid to run up the score late will always be there. But one more time, we're going to fade Madrid. This is actually, I think, my second time of the season. So uh, I think this is a good matchup for, for Leipzig with the new manager. I think the, the major point here for Madrid is they don't have another true striker behind Benzema. Like it's they're very they're like you mentioned they're very reliant. I mean, and Hazard came in. Yeah, I mean even Hazard is was started up front for Real Madrid against Mallorca. Like he was, that, he was good against Celtic, by the way. I thought. I mean, he was, but like the the downgrade from Benzema to Hazard right yeah. at at this given juncture is pretty drastic. So, I I mean I agree with you guys. If if I can get, I mean. I'll probably end up playing Leipzig. I'm hoping that people see, like you said, Michael, the great start for Real Madrid, the three, nothing win over Celtic, even though they weren't that good for the first 50 minutes. Uh, I hope people see that and we can get a little steam on this and maybe get Leipzig plus one and a half at a decent number. So I'm going to wait until, until match time, but I'll be with you guys. I'll probably be on Leipzig. Uh, all right. Let's talk about Celtic. Uh, this is the 1245 PM kickoff in group a Shakhtar Donetsk, they uh, they are home, but they're playing in Poland because of the war in Ukraine. They're plus 220 uh, at Bet365. Celtic plus 120 road favorite. The draw plus 250. It was a Shakhtar. Shocker over Leipzig, 4-1. The expected goals don't come close to reading that score. Like Anthony said, four <laughs> goals on five shots. A goalkeeper howler. Uh, so impressive, nonetheless, by the way, on the road to do that. Um, Celtic, like BJ just noted, they hit the post. They were all over Real Madrid to start that game, uh, feeding off the, the crowd. And they, they're they just a, a brave side under uh, Postakoglu. I can never pronounce his name. The the Australian-Greek manager who we all love. So that 3-0 loss doesn't deter me from, from thinking that Celtic are probably better than everybody would think, just judging by the scoreline. Um, so it would be Celtic or nothing here, but... Um, the number is just a little short for me. Uh, going to Poland, this is a strange situation. It is 
if if Celtic do have ambitions of getting through this group, it does feel a little bit of a, a must win here. So that could play into it a bit. Uh, BJ, what do you have? Yeah, I'm going to take Celtic plus 120. So like I already mentioned, I thought they were really good through the first 50 minutes. Then, you know, one big chance to Vinicius puts it away and they kind of became a little bit open, tried to get back in the game and Real Madrid kind of punched them on the counter. Um, but you look at the final box score. I mean, they only got out. I mean, obviously XG was, you know, two and a half to 1.1 because of the big chances from Real Madrid, but they only got out shot 10 to 13. They, they actually outtouched Madrid in the penalty area, 29 to 23 box entries were 14 to 14. I mean, it's just, they weren't, as bad as the final scoreline, you know, indicated. And Anthony already mentioned, I mean, Shakhtar, I mean, listen, we talked ourselves into that. We were just too big of cowards to play it. Um, I mean, four goals off of five shots. XG was Leipzig one on XG 1.5 to 1.2 held 68% possession and Leipzig had 41 touches in the penalty area compared to just five for Shakhtar. So the uh, maybe probably the most was ugly. Yeah, probably the, the most misleading scoreline I, I maybe I've seen in a really long time in the Champions League. Um, and like you already mentioned, Sheriff this two is, one. yeah, the Sheriff 2-1. That's another one. Um, this is a neutral field game in Warsaw. I mean, Celtic fans, I assume, would travel pretty well. Um, if we look at UEFA coefficients, I mean, Ukraine and Scotland are pretty much dead even. So if you take the, the Shakhtar squad, uh, the full strength squad from last year before they lost all their players, like right up until essentially their league got stopped because of the war, they were a plus 1.25 XG differential per 90 minutes. Well, Celtic in the Scottish Premier League was 1.65. So essentially, essentially 0.4 goals better. Then you have to downgrade Shakhtar, obviously, because of all the players that they lost. So especially playing this on neutral field, um, I have Celtic at minus 116. I think they're a little bit undervalued. So uh, I'm going to take them at plus 120. I have no bet on this match, but Shakhtar had a 4.6% field tilt. That is the lowest I've ever seen. <laughs> so that is that is just attacking area touches, final third touches for one it side. Was, yeah, I mean, it, it was, was a mistake. Yeah, I mean, Robert Leipzig made like, a mistake. Yeah, Shakhtar went up in the first minute, right? Your second minute, but but that's that's incredible. And the X threat for Shakhtar was 0.5. Uh, they held 32% of the ball and got uh, deep completions was 23 to 3. So, you know, I'm not going to overreact. The game got Tudesco fired. It would be better long-term because now they have a better manager. But otherwise, don't buy the Shakhtar hype. Don't be the guy who says, oh, I'm going to bet them now, and then they lose. So this is a bad team. This is probably the match of the day on Wednesday. Uh, Man City minus 550 at home against Borussia Dortmund, 14-1 to on the money line at Bet365. The draw here is plus 650. Do you guys think Crystal Palace is better than Borussia Dortmund? No. No. This was the line for Palace at City earlier this year. So it's just a, a interesting data point here. I, I think Dortmund's worth a little bit of a bet. Obviously, you know, they're not going to win. They're 14 to 1 on the money line. Uh, it's it's pretty unlikely. But we've seen at a city that uh, there, there are some flaws that can be exposed uh, going towards the city goal. Uh, they've had some they've given up goals late goals they've lost from winning positions or they've lost points from winning positions they've drawn with newcastle they've drawn with villa like they they can be had um and like i said like you're looking at the same line for crystal palace and Borussia dortmund uh on the road at city dortmund are uh at at a rest disadvantage of course with the premier league being canceled so you can factor that in a little bit but i i don't mind it i think i'll i'll be on uh Dortmund, which 
it's not gonna be a fun bet to make but i think the one that you two like is even less fun uh so so little fun i love under three and a half i do too (laughs) i'm so looking forward to watching holland just score four goals right in our face bj you want to go first Sure. I mean, this is, I mean, this this is too high. I mean, we have, Anthony's mentioned it many times, but we have a Dortmund attack. That's basically relying on Anthony Modest, who is just not a Dortmund level striker. Like, yes, he was good at Cologne, but in this, in the current system, he's just not that good. And I mean, Dortmund, they listen, I think they've gotten better defensively. Like they have good midfielders that can compete with city you know, with Bellingham and Oscon. Like they have guys who can press them and give them a little bit of problem. But I mean, this is the reason this is going to suck is because we're still betting kind of on city playing pragmatic. And the only way Dortmund's going to survive in this one is they have to play very defensive and basically let city have the ball. Um, You know, if you go back two years when they played against each other in the knockout stage, both, both matches were, were under three expected goals. uh, And that was with Holland at Dortmund. So yeah, I, I mean, purely, I mean, Dortmund obviously overperformed a ton last season. Uh, they've been pretty good defensively in the Bundesliga. I mean, they're around 1.1 XG allowed per 90 since the start of last season. Like, they're not a bad defense. They've gotten a little better. They, you know, they got Sule in uh, to help them defensively. So uh, I look for Dortmund to sit very deep. Um, you know, they, they, they won against Copenhagen. So um, they they have, you know, the three-point advantage where they can go there. They don't have to be desperate to get three points. So, um, I look for Dortmund to sit deep and I'm looking forward to watching Holland just score four goals right in our face. Uh, Holland minus 200 to score at any time. Seven oh to one. <laughs> What's it? What is, what is not to score? I might have like, to is that up? Is that up? But, uh, oh yeah, it's, it's minus 200. That's an, I don't know if I've ever seen I, I minus say, 200. That's a, and he was, well, I've seen seven. that not in the champions league necessarily, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, that's I mean, Holland it's last like, yeah. year against, um, our boys, Groyte Fert, he was minus 500 to score. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's and what of, I meant. And like, of course, there was like an eight-third-minute like penalty. Minus is, is is pretty crazy. Also, Gio Reyna uh, playing his father's old team, Claudio, uh, before Anthony's timing. But Claudio Reyna played for Man City, Anthony. Um, and what I do you have for that. this one? I agree. I'm on the under as well. Uh, I just bet it right before we started recording this. It was the first bet I made, first thing that jumped off the board to me. Uh, I got the under by a half against Copenhagen, half win against Copenhagen last week. I hit a live under against Dortmund. I continue to think that this defense is just better. I mean, the biggest problem was Akanji and, and Hummels making dumb mistakes and the midfield constantly being in flux, but Oshan and Bellingham is a good midfield and Schlotterbeck and Sula are much better passers, which I think is the biggest difference because what would happen is they'd get pressed, they'd make a mistake, and then you'd get the, oh, I can't believe Dorman conceded that dumb goal. And you'd say that twice, and then all of a sudden it's 2-2 in the 28th minute, right? But this attack is just not as good either. I mean, they have not replaced Holland whatsoever. And you look at it, they took two shots in the first half at Leipzig this weekend. They had a major problem competing with them. It's not going to get any easier on the road at Manchester City. City's defense for what we've said is, you know, they can be attacked. This Dortmund team is not nearly as built for a counterattack as they used to be either. And I think that's another thing. Modeste's game is not speed in behind necessarily as much as it is linking play and, and, uh, and being more of a target man. So I think that this team is not built in traditional Dortmund ways. Uh, They don't really have an identity, which I think is hurting them because they're not uh, as good an attack as normal. And the defense 
just by nature of, of regression indicators has improved a little bit. They weren't as bad as, as some of the numbers suggested. And now you're looking at, okay, they played a one no with Leverkusen. We've talked forever. That fixture constantly absurd matches, uh, but they've kept clean sheets against Hertha and Hoffenheim. And they kept a clean sheet in the champions league, which has been a problem. And then they play Leipzig and they usually that game is back and forth and open and wild. That was not, I watched every minute of it and it was very uh, cagey and different from typical Dortmund Bundesliga matches. So I think that this undertrend has continued and the market's not baking it in. I'm going to bet it again. All right, uh, let's stick around here in Group B and talk about Copenhagen. Uh, they're plus 250 at home, hosting Sevilla, plus 110 on the road. The draw is plus 250. Anthony, you you, you kind of went on a, on a soliloquy last week about how Sevilla is not good, and you've been proven right. Uh, they... Did stop the rot uh, with a win over Espanyol, 3-2 win over Espanyol Ugh. over the weekend. But they were up 3-0, and, and Espanyol almost came back to get a result. So I had Espanyol. It they're, they're not. They're not. In, 30 cents there, BJ. They're not in a good, yeah. they're not in a good way. Um, right no, now. they got crushed in that game. They conceded over mm-hmm. two expected but, goals. I mean, this, the is, number, this is The like, number here is, is just it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, the market knows. Uh our colleague Sean Zarillo loves to bet uh, Sevilla. He's a fan. He of keeps them. hanging on. I don't know why, but he just keeps. I, and I on. texted him, and he bet them, and I said, "This is actually not a terrible buy low, because they were an even money pick them at Espanol." I thought personally, I'm no, I'm no fan of Espanol. And the next morning, a mountain of Espanol money came in. Uh, I guess everybody saw what BJ was betting, uh, and they were yeah, they know. closed they they closed minus one twenty Drano bet favorites in that match minus one thirty. Uh, and so the market is finally catching on to what we've been saying for a year, which is that this Sevilla team is terrible. They won the match, but they've now conceded. This is Sevilla we're talking about. They've now conceded 12 goals in, uh, in their last five matches. I mean, that's, that's terrifying stuff from them. So, uh, no, thank you. Pass. There will be times to fade them. I haven't looked at the market yet. They play Villarreal this weekend. Then they're hosting at Letty, then they have Dortmund, then they have Bilbao, then they have Dortmund again. I mean, they're gonna need to they're gonna need to change something. Lopetegui might get fired. I don't know, but I mean, how many of those matches are they winning? I'm looking Villarreal is only minus one twenty five at home against Sevilla this weekend. Hmm. It'll be another Emery Emery bet for us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Let's uh, go on to our final group to discuss before we get into uh, one Europa League bet from BJ and then our favorite bets for match week two of the Champions League. Juventus and Benfica. Juve plus 115 at home. Benfica coming back at plus 240. The draw is plus 250. Benfica won 2-0 against Maccabee Haifa in their opener. Not much you can learn from that. Uh, They didn't create uh, as much. I thought that they would have been a little bit better, but... Uh, you know, sometimes when you're playing like these relative minnows, it's the games can kind of get a little wonky. Uh, meanwhile, Juve are just continuing to there. Do you want to say another team stuck in the mud? They're stuck in the mud, a drug and seller Nutana over the weekend. Uh, it's, it's not looking, not looking pretty in, in Turin right now. Uh, nothing for me here. Uh, Anthony, Juventus and Benfica. We just talked about Sevilla. I feel the same way about Juventus, but man, the market is caught up yep. because Juventus was minus 200 against Sauernitana today. And I wanted to bet Sauernitana so badly. 
Uh, but the number was not good. I mean, plus one and a half was minus 180. I was like, this is, this is obscene. I thought I was going to get plus one and a half and I would have gotten that last year. So the market's clearly downgraded Juventus. I thought they actually had a decent performance today, but again, down two nil in the first half. Uh, you go back to last week. They even played PSG pretty well. I thought it was a good showing and that, that scares me a little bit about PSG, but I am passing this match. I'm riding my Benfica ticket, which we talked extensively about on the preview pod. They're now plus 140 to advance. I still think they're going to advance. You can still get in there. They're the better team. They're better than Juventus. Juventus stinks. Uh, and it's Vlahovic <laughs> magic or nothing. And so this will be Benfica live, if anything. But I, and they're only plus 120 at home. The market now thinks Benfica's better than them. This sucks. So it's crazy. I, I was so ready to bet Benfica. I was, I was getting on yesterday. I was like, all right, let's take a look at the market. And like, I was hoping like, yes, we can get Benfica plus half a goal at like even money or even minus 110. I saw plus 120. I was like, man, I got Juventus at, at like plus 125. Like this sucks. Like the market is clearly caught up. But, you know, to Anthony's point, yes, I think Juventus was pretty good against PSG. Like it looked like it was going to go south like very fast, very quickly. And like it could have been a PSG 5 nothing, but they rebounded pretty nicely and was able to start to control some possession against PSG. They obviously got a goal off of the corner, you know, McKinney scored. And I thought for, uh, you know, 60 last hour of the match, like they were kind of even with, with PSG, you know, XG ended up being only 1.4 to 0.8. So not a bad showing, but then, you know, you look at what they're doing in Syria and it's awful. Like the, like Anthony said, it's Blahovic or nothing. They don't have anything around him right now. So um, I'm actually going to take under two and a half goals at uh, plus 105 because, um, you know, this is a Benfica team that likes it, tends to set up a little bit more defensive when they play these bigger sides, looking to counterattack them. Whereas Allegri is playing a lot more conservative with Juventus. I mean, Anthony mentioned it, you know, the, the very low amount of shots they've had against lower sides and Benfica really wasn't that good against Haifa. Like they at home, they should be able to dominate that match. XG was 0.9 to 0.2. They only held 56% possession. Like the progressive passes were only 38 to 25. Like it wasn't really Haifa for, I thought in the second half, especially when Benefica went up, like they were starting to kind of control possession and be a little bit threatening. They just have nothing to get on the end of it to actually, you know, create something at the end. But um, yeah, I, I only have, I, I barely project over two goals in this match with how bad Juventus offense have been, but defensively they've still been good. Like, like we have to admit that they're still a one XG per 90 minute defense. Like that is a good defense in Europe's top five leagues. They just have nothing offensively. So I'm going to try to keep riding the undertrend with Juventus uh, here against Benfica. Um, you know, you, you, you could say Juve is going to play a little bit more desperate at home after losing their opening match. Benfica maybe plays a little more conservative after getting three points against Haifa. Um, so I think that's probably going to lead more to a um, low event type of match. So uh, getting under two and a half goals at plus money, I think has a tremendous value. So I'm taking the under. Uh, and finally, we will discuss Maccabee Haifa 18 to one at home. This is insane. Hosting PSG minus 800 on the road at uh, the Sammy Hoffer stadium. The draw here is plus 750. You just were saying BJ, how you've never, you can't remember seeing an anytime goal scorer line at minus 200 in a game. I, like I don't, I don't think I've ever seen City. minus 800 on the road in the champions league. Like this well, is, I, I, and this is, I think this is crazier. Four players on PSG are odds on to score. <laughs> Mbappe minus 150, 
Messi minus 138, Neymar minus 125, and Icardi minus 105. Uh, that's just nuts. Icardi's uh, at Galatasaray. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's literally just left the Galatasaray on loan. Oh, man. Well, so for, for people out there, just, just to the implied odds on minus 800 is just a little under 89%. Like, think about that. That is insane. Uh, for a PSG team that, yeah, they got the best front three in the world and they've been pasting everybody in league on, and they might, then they might paste Haifa for nothing. They might. But with that being said, they were not, like we already mentioned, they were not impressive against events at all. They were not good against Stade de Bressois over the weekend. They only created one and a half expected goals at home, only one, one, nothing. And Haifa, I mean, say what you will about them. I don't think they're the worst team in this competition. If you go back to, like, I understand, you know, PSG is a much different team than Red Star Belgrade. But with that being said, Haifa was able to control over 50% possession in both those matches against a Europa League mainstay over the last five to six years. They beat Olympiacos over two legs coming up to this. They only, like I already mentioned, Benefica only created 0.9 XG against them. So 89% on the road, like, for the, the best team in the fifth best league in Europe. Like, here's what I'll say about PSG. I've already mentioned it many times. Yes, they were only like a one XG differential per 90 in the fifth best league. Like, it's not that good. They're a little over two to start this season. If they do that over a full season, I will fully admit that they are one of the best teams in the world and they should be one of the favorites to win the Champions League. But until they actually do that over a full season, I will not admit that. So this line is crazy. Um, But with that being said, uh, I don't really like laying a big spread with Haifa. Um, I expect them to play a little bit more defensive and over. Uh, I mean, I'm taking under three and a half goals because um, once again, I think these Haifa lines are just way, way, way uh, overpriced on the over under. I mean, you saw it against Benfica. I mean, there was a 1.1 XG created in, in the entire match. I expect them to play very defensive. Um, I expect them to play very conservative. And if PS, even if PSG goes up, I still expect them to play very conservative. So yeah, I don't know how um, Haifa scores here either. I don't know how they score. Yeah, both, that's, that's both teams to score point. is minus one twenty. So hmm. then no would be a quite like even money. Then like, would be my guess. So maybe I'll play both teams to score no at even money. Um, mm, then but we'll then again, pleasant situation. Yeah, then we have another pleasant situation, and I'm just I'm hating myself. Um, but hey, you know uh, I, that's my bread and butter is the both both teams score no. So but no, I'm taking under three under three and a half goals. Um, I think it's way overpriced. Um, I have, you know, the total set at about 2.8, uh, 2.93. So, um, yeah, I'm taking under three and a half goals cause I'm kind of scared of PSG winning three, nothing, but this line is insane. Like it's, it's way too high for PSG. Uh, Haifa, Haifa 18 to one. I, that's a bet I'm going to make. I don't endorse it at all for, for other people, unless you just want to have a little fun, uh, betting the greens to, to be, how about Lionel Messi and Kylian Mbappe traveling to, uh, the Sammy Offer Stadium. That I mean, what a what a time that's going to be for, for the Haifa fans out there. Um, so yeah, I'm just um, it's it's for fun. Small bet on Haifa the money line. Not not something that, I mean, I guess according to BJ's numbers, it has a little bit of value, but uh, yes. it's it's not uh, not something that I would suggest running to the window and breaking it down. Anthony, uh, thirty seconds on Haifa and PSG before we move on. You don't even want the thirty seconds. That's fine. Um, all right, let's go to the Europa League. I'd bet the uh, under two if I had to bet anything. I just think it's PSG totals are still inflated. All right, uh, Europa League time. BJ, this is all you, although I will say one thing. Union Berlin is 50-1 to one to win the competition, and I think that's a good number. Now over to you, BJ. 
They just lost to St. Gelosi in the, the first round. Um, the I, like, I like Quarabag. Draw no bet, minus 125 at home against Nantes from France. The only reason that Nantes is in this competition is because they won the French Cup. This was a minus 11 expected goal differential team last season, and they're doing it again this year. They're at minus two and a half through six matches. And Quarabag, I mean, they've been a Europa League mainstay for a while. They were in the Champions League, I think, three years ago. Um, they have experience in this competition. They're a plus one and a half XG differential in the Azerbaijan League. And this is a long way to travel for Nantes in the middle of the week. Oh, it's over 3,000 miles from Nantes to Baku. Like, this is... And to to try and get up and play the best team in Azerbaijan, who is very experienced in these type of competitions, um, yeah, I can't get anywhere close to Nantes being uh, basically a pick'em on the road at Korabag. So, give me the champions of Azerbaijan. Draw no bet at minus one twenty-five. And now uh, let's uh, sum this all up with our favorite bets for the Champions League match week two coming your way Tuesday and Wednesday. Anthony, you go first. Yeah, it's an ugly Champions League under Manchester City Dortmund under three and a half goals. Uh, I can't get to this number with Dortmund's making significant improvements in the midfield with Oshan and the defense with Schlotterbeck and Sula. Uh, the market has not quite adjusted to the downgrade in their attack with Holland being gone. Uh, they're not built in a way to expose City like they were in the past. They don't really have a strong identity right now. And I think it's impacting their ability to uh, create chances. They're going to get smothered, I think, in this match by City. City will control it. And uh, even the city attack is running really well. And I think Dortmund's improved defense can hang around in this match. Just think this should be closer to three and a quarter. So I'm going to take three and a half uh, when I get the opportunity here. For me, RB Leipzig plus 475 on the road against Real Madrid. This is all about buying low and selling high. Real Madrid are the only team in Europe's big five leagues to be unblemished to start the season. But their schedule has been a cakewalk uh, thus far. And even though they're returning to the Santiago Bernabeu off an impressive 3-0 win against Celtic, they did show that they teetered a little bit in that first half. And Celtic could have gone up 1-0 had they had a little bit more luck. So while I think Real Madrid are the better team, we're getting a new manager bounce from Leipzig, who I think are going to start trending up after a pedestrian start in the Bundesliga. And I like the number here. Buy low, sell high. RB Leipzig, BJ Cunningham. I like Inter, minus one and a half on the road at Victoria Pleasant at plus 110. This Victoria Pleasant team is probably the worst in the entire competition. They were really bad against Barcelona, getting pasted 5-1. Barcelona had 50 touches in their penalty area. They controlled 75% possession. And I mean, this Victoria Pleasant team only has a plus 0.34 expected goal differential in the Czech League. Like, that's what makes you think they're going to be good in this competition. And Inter, yes, they did lose to Bayern Munich, but Inter is the type of team that just absolutely paced lesser competition. If you go back to the Champions League last year in the four matches against Shakhtar and Sheriff, they outcreated them a combined 9.3 expected goals to 2.6. If you go back to the start of last season in Serie A against the bottom half of the table, 23 matches, they have a plus 42.4 expected goal differential. That's plus 1.85 XG differential per 90 minutes. So I have interprojected uh, spread at minus 1.83. So if you give me plus 110 at minus 1.5, I got to take it. All right. Uh, that wraps up this Champions League edition of Wonder Goal, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network presented to you by Bet365. A reminder, 
Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game. Get 200 free. And also a, a reminder that the Wonderful podcast can now be found in the Action Network app. You can follow all our best bets from every episode by just searching Wonderful podcast on the Action Network app, and you will find them all. For BJ Cunningham, for Anthony DeBundo, I'm Michael Lepoff. We will see you again on Thursday morning because we will have Premier League Soccer this weekend. And we'll give you a little preview then. But until then, best of luck with all your bets on the Champions League this week.